it's time to start another episode of Ask. Um, I'm mom and, and you're... Hi, <laughs> it's time to start another episode of Ask Mom and Dad. There we go. We got it. Okay. You're mom, so you're supposed to say mom. Okay, that works. We're getting, I don't know, we're never going to be corny. I mean, we're corny, but we don't do good at being corny together. We struggle with that sometimes. Really? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm well. Sorry. No, it's me, my for your for the record, it's all your fault. Let's just go ahead and my cover that right weird. now. Now we can be pretty corny together, but we both have got to be, you know. Yeah, I enjoy you, and you enjoy me. It's good. We've been talking about a lot of things, and um, over the course of our conversations, we uh, have last last couple of weeks or a couple of episodes, we've talked about calling and things like that, and I. We're going to continue that conversation, but I want to deal with it in a particular context because I think it's broader. Um, what we're going to talk about now is broader than just calling. Okay. Um, you know, as we talk about uh, calling, we think about that from a ministry perspective. That's how who we are. And when we talk about this next question, we also talk about it. Or how, how you might know what God wants you to do. Right? Yeah, what, is, what, is, what do your... I do with my life? Yeah. You know, And for you and I, that was, we asked, like everyone else, we asked that question and we found out that God would tell us what to do with our lives yeah. because of our relationship. And it's so much easier when you have someone who cares enough about you to tell you what's going on, unless you're rebellious, um, like I was. Well, and kind of, you just have to hover near because there's changes all along the way. And that's what we're kind of going to talk about a little yeah, bit, the, right? Yeah, the question for us is how do you adjust or, or what happens when you get married? <laughs> what happens to all of your dreams and your plans mm. and your vision and your calling? And because and, and nowadays, you and I would be considered getting married young. We didn't think we were because your mom got married when she was 17, 17, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. She was yet but a wee lass. But she had been graduated from high school six months already. So, yes. I mean, she was... Your mother And had just lived in St. Louis on her own for that long. It was really... She just continues to be ahead phenomenal. of everyone. Yeah, exactly. And so, mm -hmm. um, and so your mom and then you and, and her and her dad, you had, they had three Navy. girls. And mm -hmm. I mean, they were just... They did their family. But... Um, and you were the first and, the, you know, in my woeful opinion, the most beautiful of all three of the girls. Mm -hmm. The first and the fairest. You don't have a choice. The first and the fairest. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Exactly. I'd like to think I made that choice okay. um, and hold to Except that choice. Except you didn't even meet them until later. <laughs> Love so. to the girls that are also in Tanya's family, but <laughs> she's the best. So anyway. Um, so the, some of the things that derail are is school and that shouldn't happen, but. Well, but I wrapped it up with an associate's degree. Okay, my well, favorite years were in college and in college and they, in college. <laughs> but I started to hear God kind of say that it that I was going to switch gears. I actually thought I'd be going to William Jewell to finish out my school because I wanted to be a missionary, literally in the school. And the school I was going to was uh, Southern Baptist School. It was um, Southwest Baptist in Bolivar. Steve. So it was all what it felt like. Christian uh, surroundings, you know. Yeah, you had a direction so you were going, and, and that's. Yeah, yeah, um, I had a direction I was going. I mean, I was going to go into the ministry. I wasn't looking for uh, a girlfriend much. Well, I probably was looking for a girlfriend because I'm a guy <laughs> who's always looking for a friend who's a girl. Um, and so I was, but I was going on the mission field, and and we'll talk another time about what it is to kind of try it before you like it. As far as just life in general, not marriage. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be real clear, nah. not marriage. Um, but. Uh, 
that's another conversation. Dating. I don't know if we ever talked about dating, and we could have. It would be fun to sit here sometimes, just hash out the arguments that we had over letting our children <laughs> date over the years, or not date mm, to date, or not stuff. to date. This was yeah. the constant question in our life. Oh my goodness! And oh my gosh, to taste that rabbit. I'm not going to do it now. Write it down to date or not to date. Um, the uh, for me, I was I was headed to uh, I was in college and I was working on some some stuff and. Uh, I was going on to mission field. You know, we were going to go out to the mission field and, yeah. and uh, just you like you. And different... as I said, the kind of try it before you buy it kind of thing. I was out there not sure. Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Remember, I, and I you're talking I, about career. Talking about career. Yeah. I had a goal, what I was going to do with my ministry career. I knew I was going to be a minister because I'd given my life to God for the <laughs> ministry. And that was, what does that look like? Well, I was a Baptist, so it had to look like something Baptist. So I was <laughs> and you were a singer. So you and I was a singer, so I had to be a be singing something. Baptist, and it, and I wasn't a dancer because, again, I was a Baptist, and um and so there wouldn't be involved in that, which by the way is a funny story. There would not be involved in my ministry singing, well, singing yes, dancing or booze. Neither one of those would be involved in my ministry until I went on my first mission trip. Oh. When I went to Iowa, no, oh, it was my second was mission funny. trip. Oh, my I goodness, shared last time gracious. about this story, and I'll share it with you real quick as we get into this because it's the story of when I met you. Um, that involves booze. So uh, now that the <laughs> in listeners a weird, are locked weird in, way, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I met you my first mission trip to Iowa. We went to Iowa twice, once as a married couple and once um, on when we met, right. not in that As order. Yeah. Um, and uh, But the first year that I went, I was going on a, the flight, and we flew American Airlines, and, and that's what we were always flying. I don't know if you flew American. That's what I flew every time I went mm-hmm. on a mission trip. And we'd give our summers up to go and just experience the world. And for me, I was going to get out of the world. I was going to go to Alaska. That's where mm-hmm. I wanted to go. I'd picked up, and I'd signed up for Alaska. And I, we talked before about going back and asking God and having this daily relationship with God. I had yeah. one, and God just laid on my heart. Why would you do that? Why don't you do what I want you to do? There wasn't even that. It was just a, what do you, I had the sense that I was supposed to not be in control of where I wanted to go, which was annoying because I wanted to go to Alaska. Don't now, but I did then. And so um, I went back and told my director, I said, you know, I know all these choices and I know I signed up for Alaska, but put me where you need me. And so he sent me to the tropical paradise of, of Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> yeah. And I went... I wanted to be foreign mission. So, of course, my first trip or my uh, first choice on that was Europe. So I thought for sure God's going to send me sent to Europe. one state I, north of where you yeah, were. I got yeah. to go to the huge faraway zone of just exactly north of my state. You could right. drive there. And, and did you? You didn't yeah. drive? You didn't, no, no, I you, didn't drive, but I could have. They didn't let us drive back then. There were rules on this. So, that, yeah. Again, I'm going to point out Baptist. We weren't allowed to date and we weren't allowed to drive. <laughs> and, um, and we weren't allowed to go where we wanted to go. So those were the what? Maybe I could have driven. I don't even know. I never. It wasn't Too late now. It wasn't necessary. Did yeah. you still have the orange car? I mean, so anyway, okay, the red orange car, the roarange car. So anyway, um, our granddaughter's named after our, your car, that nice Rory, roarange. Um, boy, inside jokes in podcasts, probably not a good idea. Anyway, so where I'm going with all that is I got on the airplane and we got up there and the pilot said, hey, flight's not real full. Thank you for flying, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. we're going to play a little game. And, and if, if you can tell us when the flight level's off and and um, guess the altitude, you'll win a prize. And I'm yeah, like, and you awesome. were coming from Atlanta, so you had a quite a long I, yeah, flight, from, right? I, yes, yes, a 20, mm-hmm. 23 hour something flight. No. <laughs> I said three, three hour flight. Four, it was maybe. a three or four hour flight. <laughs> so I got in the plane. I kicked back, and I'm still young, so flying is like super cool to me and terrifying. <laughs> and um, and I so I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to feel the plane. So I sat back and I, I closed my eyes and I just felt the plane. So I guessed twenty three thousand feet, and um, 
And what did I say? There was two things I was supposed to guess. When the plane leveled off at the altitude. So I said at, at the, the time, the flight time. leveled off at 23,000 yeah. feet. And I guessed the time. I don't remember what that was. Sure enough, I won. And they brought me this cool little brown paper bag with, um, with the surprises in it. And I was like, this is amazing. I got a brown paper bag with prizes. You know, you should always be worn at first when it comes in a brown, brown paper, paper bag. bag. Yeah. And so. It was a fancy case or it something It was a like fancy that. case. And so I brought it up and opened it up and I had, I'm, yeah, nine, I'm 20 years old. I'm not even 21 yet. And I have now got in my possession about 30 odd hard liquors. <laughs> You know those little $1 bottles? <laughs> I don't know that they're $1 because I don't buy liquor, if you're asking. But those little bottles that are really tiny, <laughs> the early bottles that are really tiny, you can see them everywhere. They're in like grocery stores there, but mostly on airplanes, <laughs> right? And so I, at this point in time, I'm, so oh, also weird. important to note, I carry a briefcase. You know, this is the, the 80s, so I have like a hard Samsung, Samsonite briefcase <laughs> that you go, and it goes mm. open, open it. And there was no computer inside because that's before those things were a thing. <laughs> and so um, anyway, I got off the airplane and um, and, I, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed right? to do. My supervisor, this fellow named Lowell, um, who is this really, really, I've talked to him like once on the phone and he's this, and they're, they're like meeting us to take us to this orientation, out, right? right? Mm. And so the first rule, no alcohol yeah. is all in my briefcase. What am I going to do? Give it back to the, I mean, I'm a kid. I'm half proud of the fact that I won something. So I want to tell people I won something. And then I'm like, oh, I won booze to go to a Baptist missionary <laughs> retreat. And so I, I get off the airplane and I walk in there out the thing and I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. So I've got it all there in my briefcase. I mean, it's all in there. So I ran up and said, Lo, hey, how you doing? He goes, hi, Lo, I'm Greg. Da, da, da. I said, I got to show you something. So I threw it down on the count thing and I said, I just need you to know this before anything goes on. I won a contest on the airplane. And they're like, oh, that's so exciting. Good. I said, we can share it. And he goes, okay, that's good. Well, he didn't have, Lowell didn't have that kind of disposition. Lowell was like, okay, we'll share it. Yeah, and so, and so I popped it open and I opened it up and there was this liquor cabinet <laughs> in my entire, because at this point I had arranged them in my thing and I just oh, wanted everybody because I didn't want anyone to and so he just kind of looked at me and said I won this on the airplane and I just restated <laughs> it because this look on the faces of people and of course the kids the missionaries are the ones that were waiting because they were picking something laughing, they were just sure. laughing and he just finally laughed which eased me and he let me keep it Ooh, for the entire time. What did so you do with it? I put it in the window at the dorm because we went back to a college at the college and I just set it oh all up in the gosh. dorm window and he said, you need to give it back to me and I know how many bottles and why there did are. I... And so, and Lowell was my supervisor. So fortunately, the guy that picked me up at the airport was the guy who I'd be working with all summer. So I was not getting so at out least of the that. joke yeah. was... Uh... And so... And I were honest up front I was, or something. You so must have how, gotten an A for honesty so, or something. Well, here's the thing. So the very first thing that I did before I got there is I'd already broken the first rule of Baptist <laughs> missions, no alcohol. And before long, I'm thinking, what am I going to do next? Be forced to dance? Um, no. Instead, I decided to fall in love. And um, I, I looked across the room and I said, there she is, the girl for me. Um, actually, God said, there she is, the girl for you. And I said, wow, her roommate's kind of cute, too, because I was not ready to get married. Mm -hmm. But we learned that. And so let's bring, that brings us into our topic for the day. I was called to missions. You were called to missions. We had You were called to foreign missions, to be specific, right? You knew that you were going to live abroad. You, you, you said it at the opening. I was going to go somewhere in the United mm -hmm. States, I'm in Alaska. That was like far as I mm -hmm. knew to go. I, didn't, I wasn't opposed to, to foreign missions. I just didn't feel led to that. I couldn't conceive of that. Well, you, on the other you hand... you had kind of some opposition. Your mom really was kind of firm about you not going too far, wasn't she? I mean... You told me that. Well, my mother had her own issues. That's mm -hmm. for sure. She was, because the first thing I did was, 
Uh, that's the story. Since we're telling stories from me today, I'll just look at the camera and ignore you. Now, my, my story on that one was short. When I was 17, I wanted to go on a foreign mission trip to um, 18. When I first got serious about the ministry, I was so gung-ho about it. Um, I wanted to go on a mission trip. I don't know if it was Croatia or something. It was a war-torn country. And we were going to go over there and smuggle Bibles or something. And I was like wow. wanting to do that. And my mom said, there's war over there right now. And I said, I don't care for me to live as Christ and to die would be gain. Good first memory verse to choke down. <laughs> and um, my mother couldn't choke it down. I was grounded that summer. I mean, I wasn't allowed to do hardly anything. She, Ooh, I mean, I didn't. Hey. I was allowed to be home, but my my missionary dreams were crushed by oh, uh, my John Wayne loving father, yeah. who was doing what his loving, his loving wife had told him to do. And so that was my first foreign mission failure. <laughs> um, and so when we met that summer, um, I was there with full intents of learning how to do missions at home. I wanted to be a missionary. I just didn't know what it was going to look like in missions. I was, so I was trying missions at home. Yeah. You, on the other hand, were called to foreign missions. Even as you started this conversation, your well, dream was to go to Europe and yeah. you went up in Iowa. My and dream it was, to go was to more Alaska probably of a dream than a, a set calling. There wasn't any specific place in my heart. Some people say, you know, I've got this, this place or this language or this people group that is calling my heart I, that was not true for me so it could be that there was just a uh you know sort of a whatever a dream of a little bit of a fantastical idea that i really did think that that's where i was most needed and when i went to brazil that, it, that kind of lived its truth out um and I handled it well, um, like the rest of my team. We had 20 people on the team, 10 of which were from the United States. All of them got, I wanted to say dysentery, that's not true, but diarrhea and stuff from the water, from the transitions, all that. Everyone got sick except me. So I know that God made my, my the Once sturdiness again. of that was in my soul to be whatever I needed to be in that. You know, reading George Mueller with the kids and some things like that makes you think, yeah, I mean, some of that's glorified and because and, it's really difficult and there's a lot of difficulty that I can't even imagine. So it's not as if I've actually lived that. But but I saw, I tasted it a little bit. But but I didn't have a specific people group that my heart was drawn to. Otherwise, I probably would have been strong enough to say, no, I'm called to, you know, the well, Indonesian okay. strong or people important. or something so like that. So let's, let's get to that for a second because I want to talk about the marriage thing. So first off, to be real clear for anyone who's watching – adjusting in marriage to different life goals. We had the same idea, main idea. Okay. We, yeah. we were drawn th and we met and we're drawn to one another through the same idea, but we had different ways in which we had envisioned living out those goals. That's why I said you yeah. wanted to go to Europe for con. I wound up and both of us wound yeah. up in Iowa. <laughs> right. And I, that's actually not a bad way to look at our lives. You know, we both decided we <laughs> wanted to go this way and God said, no, yeah. you're going to go to <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh, Iowa. And so um, we we met when but but as we moved forward in our lives, we had to and did have to reconcile with, sometimes with bitterness, the difficulty of of having different goals yeah. and then having to be married. And so let's talk a little bit about what it is when we have different a different idea of what our life is supposed to be like and how right. we find our way together in well, life for the so last forever. Let's start with, years. I would have fought a lot harder, I think, had I not been completely convinced that I was supposed to marry you. So there was several different things that happened that convinced me of that. And because of that, throughout our ministry, when challenges have come and I've, you know, even fought my own desires to whatever, 
I come back to that God said in my heart some of the more specific um, ways that he showed me that, that we were supposed to be married. So there was just some, because there's been a lot of different, we, we were from completely different backgrounds, we're completely different personality types. That whole alcohol thing could not have happened to me or I would have been, I would have been beside myself and lost it, whatever I, because I did not come from an environment that would have um, dealt with that well, I guess what I'm trying to say. You have a humor about it. You have a good um, uh, spirit about some stuff that I've not really encountered. And, and so I needed you in my life and God knew that, you know, so there's some things about that that I had to come to terms with so that when we got married, it was very difficult to give up that heart part of my heart or my calling. Um, I know even 10 years into our marriage and whatever, I was still fighting that because I, I really genuinely thought that was something that God would eventually set me um, toward. But there were also things that, such as when we moved to Wisconsin and it was legitimately a foreign area. In my mind, there was a lot of different spaces specific things like German you, culture and stuff that made it Before you go in there, I just want to ask you a more. question. Okay. What, when did you realize that you didn't, you weren't going to see the plan um, as you had envisioned it happen? When did you, do you feel like you gave up, you said up, up into 10 years, you were kind of knowing it was going to change or that kind of thing. But because oh, I, maybe. just for the clarity of that, you had a fairly defined vision when it came to what you thought you were going to be missionary, but foreign. Mine was much more open. My worldview um, in that was, my understanding was missionary. Except, it's funny wherever. because, I mean, except for when you went first went to Iowa, you were on a church planting team, right? So in reality, it's going to come yeah. full circle. We're but I didn't know that, that was what I was going to be doing. Right. Um, I, I And we've been... To some degree, we've kind of, I've always kind of categorized, well, I'm not in Georgia anymore, so it's foreign missions, obviously, no matter where it is, Arizona, Iowa. Yeah, and you right. were getting ready to touch that in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. But, um, but for you, you've had, so you, some would say you have to, you know, um, well, why would she have to give up her dreams in this modern oh, culture that we're living saying, in yeah. here? And so they would feel like you were oppressed by that. But you believe things, certain things about that. And the reality is in any relationship, there's give and take in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and I, and I really want to say this in my defense, because to some degree it's going to sound like <laughs> all the adjusting has been on Tanya's side. And given the mood, she might say that actually out loud. <laughs> but um, but it hasn't been. You and I have both had yeah, to find a way to, to find God together and yeah. what we felt like we were doing and how we both are still doing what we've been called to do, but together. Yeah. So what, what I was going to say is when did you first realize that and how did that impact you when you started to really go, wait a minute, I'm not going to be traveling all over the world yeah, or, you know, and did you have, did you have, Europe was broad. So Europe was always your goal, right? You wanted to be somewhere in the. Oh, I don't know. Not necessarily. That was one of the options when we were going to missions. Uh, Which is kind of funny because you went to South America. Right. Yeah. I wound up being the one who went to Europe for a little while. I went to Russia, which is <laughs> European. Yeah. And, but I even then I went to Mongolia and Russia. I went all the way to Siberia, which would be considered the yeah. more Asian. Go ahead. Um, that's a really good question because I don't really don't know that I have a specific time or thought as to God shifting that. I think when we got married, first of all, one of the things that really helped. But well, did you think you were going to change my mind? Or change me. I mean, I, I'm wondering. No, I think that God was leading my heart, and I knew 
I, I truly have always felt like, and again, it may fall back to my mom's leadership, that God's going to make sense of the things that don't make sense. Okay. And, and that, so one of the things he did was when you and I sang together, was it was a, it was kind of a bonding moment and we figured out that we might want to be together because of singing. But that in itself was fulfilling a piece of me that I didn't really realize I needed or wanted. So when, um, I remember when we went back to your church, um, well, we announced to your parents we were going to get married. We sang <laughs> Jesus Never Fails. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a higher, that was a higher place to me as far as, um, what am I trying to say? It was a, a broader goal than I had even set for myself. I, I had been up to that point leading some worship air things with youth um, was mostly my thing. I mean, I had done some, you know, teaching kids and different things like that. But my f- the f- uh, favorite, the place that God just kind of gave me that I really enjoyed was leading youth and worship. So I remember one time I was kind of at the height of anything I'd ever done. There were 200 kids and I got to lead, you know, them in worship youth at a youth event. Um I kind of never saw myself going much past that or doing much broader than that. So when I was able to sing with you and, and we meshed vocally and it, it uh, reminded me, because that song was done by one of our favorite groups mm-hmm. called Truth, it, it felt, yeah, it felt like a moment of God um, fulfilling a desire I didn't know that I had. So that's, I think, what I have seen happen. Okay. There were desires I had, but I couldn't dream of the things that God wanted to bless me with. I've told this to my girls often in um, Psalm, and I think it's Psalm 37. He says he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's it's the beginning of that is when you cling to him, when you um, delight yourself in him. I've, like I explained earlier, delighting myself in him is is been a joy of mine it's been what has been my whole life mm-hmm. so to watch the things he's done for me and and without me even knowing they were desires of my heart i think that's what's kept me going back to him and saying okay god i don't get it i i don't understand and this is difficult but i trust you or i i'm going to watch for what you're going to do even in the middle of my struggle and um you know I've struggled off and on. I mean, raising little kids, you know, things we've struggled with the ministry. I was reading this this morning and I thought, yeah, I can relate to Paul. Um, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed. You know, those um, those specific words kind of fit because we've never gotten to a place of despair, but we've definitely had some low moments and some fights and some things that, and I don't mean between us, but I'm talking about in ministry as well as some things that I were def- definitely struggled with to try to figure out, well, God, what, what about, you know, this, why is this not making sense? But along the way, he's shown me little glimpses of things like that, that, and I wouldn't have even thought about that one until right. just now that, that he did that I couldn't have ever dreamed of or even asked him for because I didn't know that's what I would have wanted, you know. So when we started singing together, when I helped you lead worship at Appleton, um, we were there for a little while at Valley Baptist. When we 
when then you answered the call to to be a pastor and God thought God was calling toward that. And then I got to be a, lead, a worship leader under you. Those things are things I don't think I could have dreamt of, but but were definitely pieces of the calling in my heart, you know. Yeah, sure. And then having children and and stuff like that. I I didn't ever think I wanted children, but I didn't necessarily think about it either. I hadn't really ever crossed my mind. I just was That's a different on... thing. Let, let me let me um dr- address the real thing. The first thing that comes to my mind here is for couples that are adjusting, I think it's important to realize what you just said in a broader sense is to look for what's in common. Um, how did you yeah. how did you deal with the fact that you weren't going to be a missionary to the great blah 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 <laughs> in right. the African castles hut of Europe? Teased, or yeah. we used to joke about the African hut, but I've since yeah. come to understand that you'd rather be a missionary to a castle in Europe somewhere, probably. No. As long as it's <laughs> in ruins to a certain right tattered yeah, castle, <laughs> or at least somewhere where there's a castle nearby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, funny. the uh, uh, you know. Girls, guys, got to know what his, girl, what his girl likes, and he does like those those castles. Um, the uh, the things that we had in common, we we sang together. We, there was a lot of things in our ministry together that that year in that summer in Iowa. Which, for those of you who haven't seen our story, I think there's somewhere in one of the podcasts we tell how we met. We 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 worked together all summer, and I mentioned earlier that I broke. Um, the two, you know, I, 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 well, one, I broke the alcohol thing, and that later in the summer, I might have gone on a date. Or oh, we didn't two. go on a date until after we got permission from our supervisor. Well, that's true, but technically, we kind that was of still against the rules. So, if the North American together, Commission wants to revoke so. our credentials and get the money back, it's too late, man. It's a long time ago. <laughs> um, we made good on it, all right. Anyway, um, the uh, so we we focused on you had to focus on and you had to seek out and find what was the commonalities because the the romance of getting to know one another i mean all of that was romantic i mean you tell that story i like to tell us right i get choked up to tell about how we met and what god did and mm-hmm. how you know not only did god give me someone who i thought was beautiful but god gave me someone who was whole and beautiful on the inside those things that Aww, you know thanks. were complete and full and i've told you a thousand times and you still don't believe in me when i tell you <laughs> you're kind of like you're my husband you're supposed to say that like, oh my gosh what are you my child i'm so well you know it's recorded yeah. <laughs> the um that's what i should have done is recorded it uh the uh reality is that you know those times of putting pictures above my my bed in the dorm when I was separated <laughs> from you and rem- reminding myself of the girl looking around the post and all those things are still fresh to me um, and they're important but that wears off in time all you got to do is be together for a little while and the marriage gets going and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like going well I should have gone to Europe <laughs> and been what I thought God wanted me to be because this was a mistake she, you never said that <laughs> out loud I haven't read your journals um, but uh but we, but you just alliterated that you took time and you said, what is God doing here? Is there something more happening? And um, one of the things I think that's important to understand is when growing together in a marriage, you're not, the romance is fun and it's part of what draws us together, but it's not the purpose of marriage. Right. The purpose of marriage is that we become better I was because of say, each other. Sometimes it was just plain O. You don't divorce because that's wrong. You know, <laughs> in my heart, it was. Yeah, or, I can't say I have. Sorry, yeah. Well, that's not true. I'm sure I've had those moments too, just well, much fewer. Well, what I was going to say was it helps a lot that if you have examples in your life like that, you've got you've got standards or what's the word, even um, goals or uh, there's, there's a word missing there. But you've got this kind of invisible... I've got to do that. I can't do that, you know, mm-hmm. and that there, it holds you, it keeps you 
where struggles and uh, personality differences and uh, personality flaws, which would be mine or in misinterpreting you or, or, you know, us doing different things. And like you said, we had some things in common. We had a lot of things not in common, a lot of things not in common. And we really struggled at times because of that. But I think because in, in our upbringing, there was a sense of you stay married because it's right to stay married and you struggle through these things because on the other end of it, there will be something good. There will be something that faithfulness will pay off you know that you'll find in that even just the word faith itself you'll find a strengthening of who you are and so I believe that's I mean some struggle some marriages and families struggle differently than we did ours were mostly related to background and personalities and difference in, in ideas of even how to live out ministry. Some some really deep ones, really. So there was some giving up of what I even believed was right or godly or, you know, there's some things of that that were really challenging. But I would say, praise God that we so didn't God, have an infidelity or anything like that. Well, no, I'm just saying we didn't have an infidelity. We didn't have things like no. that to deal with that would cause us to not be where we are today and and that's just by God's grace. Well, marriage has but, has given us opportunity to have some some significant brawls, and <laughs> not physically, but um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, verbals. And you know, the the reality is for both of us, we we were able to make our points known. We we haven't talked about fighting lately, but we did a lot of that. Um, but we've never assassinated each other's character. We've always struggled. I mean, you called me a creep once, and I've still never really gotten over that. But I know I've said it before because it's a wound. It's deep in my heart. Um, <laughs> so uh, my wife and her cussing, I'm telling you what. Um, the, uh, the, the thing that, that uh, is, is here to, uh, that I was getting at is that what we, you look for what's in common because marriage is, um, is about being better. God, God puts us together so that we can become something more th- uh, together than yeah. we could ever think and that we, we might be alone. Yeah. And um, there's a, there's a um, you know, obviously marriage is for procreation, but it exists also for, for, for us to become better. But also part of that's an illustration. Growing and We're, we're oh, illustrating absolutely. what it is to be the Christ. The Bible talks about the Christ in the church. And, but in a marriage is an illustration of a union that is, that is rich and it's spiritual and it's, um, and yeah. it's, and it's, it's in that we're walking together through life. And, it's sacrificial. And and it's sacrificial. Yeah. And so it's a place where God can show himself through us. And how we live together, and we—it's um, also a, a good illustrator of sin because mm-hmm. you sin against one another. Like you said, we haven't had infidelity, but we've hurt each other's feelings. We've yeah. we've stepped on each a other lot a lot throughout the and, journey. Yeah. Um, and I would say that we would be thankful, literally, just for music. And I think some couples, even though they may not do music the way we did it, need to find that as a. Uh, common ground, even if it's just in enjoying the same type of music or enjoying um, worship together, whatever. You and I um, even found that we enjoyed some of the same, uh, like maybe mentors, like worship mentors of ours. We, I think of our early days and loving to listen to Keith Green together or um, uh, Petra, or, you know, some of those things that that thankfully, because we had a, a similar background in our uh, growth in Jesus and our you know, relationship with him, those cemented some of the bonding that I don't think we would have even realized that would held us, hold us close, you know, or hold us in that 
so that during the struggling times, those are the, those are cement that, like I said, kind of even realize that I think keeps you. I think that's what our kids would even say, <laughs> that they knew those kinds of things were strengthening to us and to our home. Yeah. I want to, I want to say this, you know, um, I'm still open for foreign missions if that's what God wants us to do. <laughs> um, and that's, I've always said that in the, as far as the career path kind of thing. I think we're too old now. We can't think. Weird thing language. is we've never done, we've done <laughs> missions in America forever, but we've yeah. never done foreign missions together. No, that's um, true. But we did go on a trip foreign together. You've been to right. Europe a number of times because you're like <laughs> superwoman. And it's evident that God loves you more. Just three. Well, I, three I was going to say, either God loves you more than he does me, or he's just showing you a lot more mercy because of what he's made you put it's up with in being married to me. to me all these years. I've um, been completely blessed by that, that's for sure. It has, yeah. And and I think, you know, ah, far off, where were we going? Um, we were talking about music. Yeah, you were talking about music and the thing, and I was saying that we have to find the things that are in common, and we have to realize what marriage is really for. Um, but what we found in this is we've had thirty years of ministry plus, um, where we have we've been learning how to do ministry together, and sometimes it doesn't feel together. I, I do want to yeah. say something that you've said a number of times because I don't know that you would think to say it, but sometimes you don't feel like a partner. And I'm curious, how do you address that? Because that's a vulnerable moment now <laughs> on the podcast. Um, how do you deal with the fact that sometimes you don't always feel like a partner? Because in this culture and in this world and... Because you're a man and you do your own thing. I know. Misogyny <laughs> is a problem. Um, no, right it's funny because I know you see me that way, but it is difficult. And I think the enemy tries to put up barriers sometimes. Because of the thing I even just reflected this past Sunday, there's almost always... Um, evidence that God sees us as partners. I think it's kind of funny because you'll do it. You'll preach a sermon and I'll have literally just thrown some music together and it fits and it overwhelms me sometimes how, how it fits. Like God was telling us the same things or similar things so that we could help someone else, but in different settings, completely separated. And then it comes together. We've done that throughout our ministry. So I have to believe that with my head, even though I struggle with it in the sense that I, you and I in our communication sometimes struggles. But I think that that's, that's again, where we come back to just hoping, believing, understanding that some of that stuff is really legitimately the enemy that wants to destroy us and wants to discourage us and strip that away so that we can enjoy it, even though we can be faithful to it, we can keep going. There's some of that that um, that we get, you know, it's, it's trying to be stolen from me to enjoy it and to enjoy you. So I think that it's just a fight. It's continuing to fight. And I think um, I heard a sermon on Sunday about keeping free. Yeah, the one I didn't preach. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll well, no, I like just cheating on me with other I, preachers. I'm oh, telling please! You what. <laughs> Where our daughter is going in Missouri, and it, I listened to because our son's playing cello on stage. Yeah, basically, no, we really aren't listening to other. But preachers. it was really good because it was talk about he was talking about tips for staying free, and four, let's see, four out of the seven were about fighting. Fighting cynicism, fighting against um, like escapisms, fighting isolationism, fighting bitterness. Um, all those things are right. And some of the other things were submitting, submitting to um, uh, and cooperating with the Holy Spirit, which is trying to lead you and you're trying to fight against him. Sometimes you'll write the opposite there. Abiding in God's love and, and re remembering who your enemy is and putting on his armor, which is 
all of those things fight uh, I mean um, faith and truth and and that that is right that is exactly what it is because if you don't if you don't put up those right fights and then submit in the places where you're actually fighting which is always the wrong yeah. spots you know then then you won't get on the other side of it and be able right. to look back and say oh shoo got through that one you know <laughs> we've always said and, and you and I kind of have a philosophy I think we share that you know and Without couching it in, 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 I don't want to couch it, for us it's, it's very real in our faith, you know, but just a general principle is if you want to look at the negatives and let yourself be torn down, yeah, then you're going to rip yourself and others around you apart. Uh-huh. It, you you really do have straight. a decision to make whether or not you're going to believe that in a hopeful f- future versus a hurtful future. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and as you mentioned, there is an active enemy out there who seeks to destroy God's children. And because we, uh, you know, if you if you believe that, if you share in that belief with us, then, then it's important to realize that some of these thoughts you have aren't yours. They're suggestions. They're yeah. power suggestion that's coming into your life, either spiritually or through the conversations you're having with the wrong people yeah. about the wrong things that are hearing and you. believing lies i can't tell yeah. you you know for example say this a number of times how do you keep from getting a divorce don't take advice from people who've been divorced mm-hmm. about staying married yeah and i'm not saying Most that people who've been divorced unless and the only you. people that i would tell you that might be safe to do that is if someone got divorced early and then they had a long run of marriage after that all the way close to the end because then you can say okay somebody may have learned from a mistake but if you've got someone who's given up on one two three marriages or and has got a bitter view of the people that were in their past and, and it's not always true it's not where you're going to go to find your counseling because Either A, they didn't make a good decision to begin with in the marriage, um, and they didn't find a way out. So you're, you want to find people that are going to support that, and especially as you go through those difficult days. And that's not just true about marriage. That's true about everything. Yeah. But also, If you just, want to see hope, you've got to find people who have hope to point you to. And why we started this whole thing with you've got to be – you've got to bank your whole entire life, your foundation – on God's word, on truth, because there's going to be lots of lies try to hit you in the head, try to convince you of different things. But God's word is the only one that's going to clarify what truth is. And it is God who talks to you. It is not words on a page. It is not even because the the Bible's full of lots of confusing things. If you're not walking with God, you can pick up a, a Bible and try to read a passage and not it not mean anything. In fact, it, it might... Um, if you're not looking for God, then you're going to find things to confuse you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. God's word is not confusing unless you don't want him. You want just Something words because the enemy has even used the Bible against Christians. So we have to be careful because we it's God that we want. And, and it is a relationship with Jesus that we um, desire, that we go for, that we seek. The Bible says to seek him. And you're going to find him through his word. You're going to find him through other Christians who believe his word as well and who bank their lives on truth. So I, I think that would definitely be why we've made it as far as we have because we we believe that's the sole truth of life, you know, and so yeah. I think. And I think if I had to wrap up, you know, how do you adjust to getting married to someone who you find out isn't, doing exactly the same thing you planned because mm-hmm. i mean we did have we did we did come into this marriage with commonalities and that's real important yeah it to realize a lot, that. that part of it but um 
but I think we could take the um, proverb proverb that says, you know, man to man belong the plans of the heart, but God orders his steps. Mm-hmm. You know, God called us, so he had he gave us a clue about a step that we were supposed to take, and then we as young people made plans about what we thought we were going to do, and God said, oh, that's so special. You have yeah, plans, right. <laughs> and um, you fall in love with her. She's mm-hmm. going to figure out sooner or later that she's supposed to marry you and she'll fall in love at some point. And, um, and then they're going to have a family. And well, you, I mean, we could spend a whole podcast talking about the fact that you weren't planning on kids necessarily, <laughs> yeah. not as a Baptist nun, you weren't going to be a family. I, kid. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't real sure about that, but anyway, <laughs> but also the, the scripture that says he works all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, who are to me in that scripture. And there's a whole context there in Romans chapter eight, but you, you are allowing God to use the things that you're facing for him to work his purpose out in you. So even if you've gotten into a marriage and, and it's a mistake or you that's where you how you see it, why not turn to him, let him shape you and then show you how he might can take ashes and turn them to beauty and um, give you joy from from things that may seemingly have started out as a mistake. I, I believe that because I believe even if I would have misheard or, you know, not understood and we got into the heaviness of, of difficult places in our marriage, that God wanted to hear my heart. He wanted to shape me. So it took sometimes on my knees and sometimes in tears to let him, and it still will. I'm sure there's many more to come. But um, But I believe he shows you here's where I'm at work and here's where you can trust me. And that's the key to most of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> the bouncing I mean, back. Great. Well, I think we need to wrap this one up. You've got a busy day. we got go stuff to, to do. I want to thank you for cool. watching Ask Mom and Dad. Listening to. And, and watching, listening to. I'm looking at a camera right now. So if right. you're just listening. I'm a podcast. We're also on YouTube. Yeah, we're on all sorts of different things. Um, uh, so anyway, thanks for watching. And uh, we hope that you guys have walked away with something useful here today. I've really enjoyed our conversation and reliving some moments and <laughs> walking out some stuff. So thanks again for watching and we'll catch you next time. I keep on.